Hello and welcome to Pastors at Home, a chat with your pastors about living for Jesus even when we can meet up in real life. One take, unfiltered, lo-fi and of course today I'm joined by our lovely friend Erin Maywicks. That's me. And my lovely husband Jeff Hunt. That's me. Well, just operating some technology here, scrolling down, we have a question flowing out of one of our previous episodes oh a follow-up music yeah i know this thing just like writes itself highly like we interactive actually have listeners <laughs> yeah oh wow whoa look at us we're buzzing um so we were talking about um christian music and you know songs that we sing at church and a follow-up question do i do a shout out or yeah from our good friend anna Rhodes. You nearly said Maury. Nearly. Saw the M starting to form yeah. on your lips. Well, <laughs> I haven't seen them for a while, so I don't know. She's still Anna Rhodes, She's I think. She's still Anna Rhodes. I saw her at Wombats video on Wombats today. Um, what about songs that are theologically correct but come from um, perhaps churches or ministries where we're not completely theologically aligned? So we wouldn't agree with everything that they do or teach, but they have produced a song which we think expresses the truth of the Bible really well. What do we do? It's a, good, it's a great, great question. Mm. Yeah, a good question. Or even like pushing it a little bit further, Ooh. if we actually do actively disagree with some of their okay. theological positions, mm-hmm. um, do you then have to throw out I guess part of the question is, do you have to throw out their whole back catalogue, ban them, salt the earth (laughs) where those uh, songs resided? Um, Yeah, do you have to do that? What do we think? There's a long pause and they're both staring at me. What do I think? I think it's a really good question. Um, and I feel like I'm the only way for me to answer is to steal what I think Jeff is going to say <laughs> is that I think it depends on the context. Yeah, <laughs> it depends. Using the song. In. Yeah. So because we talk, is this just thinking about um, a church, a song that you're going to sing in church? Is this a song that you're going to sing yourself? Is it like what is the purpose for? Um, and like I think so that's one of the things that we need to ask first. Um, and Well, I kind of think about it theoretically to start with. Okay. So can I imagine a scenario where you wouldn't sing any of the songs from that publishing house? Um, publicly. Publicly, like in a Even church. Even if it was setting, the song Yeah, was the good song, like the songs which are theologically sound. Yeah. If it's in a, from a kind of band or I don't know what, yeah. what we call them. Publishing yeah. house is yeah, good. Yeah, publishing house. Let's go with that. So they have some songs which are theologically good, we're totally on board with, and some that are dodgy or their kind of teaching behind that at their kind of church proper is is dodgy, sketchy. Not biblical. Not biblical, something. Mm-hmm. Do we not sing the one that is theologically sound? Can I imagine a scenario where you don't sing any of their songs? Absolutely. Yeah. Because, like, what if you're in a situation where your church is, like, down the road from this church and everyone knows them, everyone knows what they teach, everyone knows that their teaching is kind of, like, prosperity gospel-ish or is kind of, like, Jesus is not 100% God or whatever the thing is. Um, There's no way you would kind of link in to stuff they're doing 
and kind of have it endorsed at your church if they're actually um, kind of compromising the gospel mm. in other ways. Because sometimes singing the song might implicitly endorse everything that they stand for. Mm. And especially if you're like really yeah, and close, if you're that and close it's common and everyone in, the, knows, in the context. Yeah. So you can yeah. imagine a scenario where that's totally what you mm. do. So that context matters. Because you don't want people to be led astray to thinking this one piece is good so the whole puzzle is good. Mm. Yeah. Or they're singing their song. They must endorse everything. everything. Yeah. Um, but can I imagine a scenario where you might sing that song which is completely theologically sound, edifying to the, the people of God, even though it comes from a, a place, uh, a church background or publishing house which isn't consistent across the board. I think, yeah, I can imagine a scenario where that's true, like where it's commonly understood that singing any particular song doesn't mean an endorsement of everything that person has ever done in their life mm. and or the church that it comes from. Where people, It's a long way removed from that whole context or culture or, you know, that was in the past, that was 20 years ago that that church existed and the song remains, um, but they're kind of not no longer active. You can imagine scenarios mm. where... Even for us in Perth, like, we're not that close to any... Dodgy churches? churches <laughs> no, to, like, uh, churches kind some. of pumping out, you know, heaps of Christian music. Lots that of we publishing sing. houses. Publishing houses. Um, like, to be honest, when we sing a new song at church, I've got no clue where it comes from and... Like, unless I squint and read the little thing at the, the end. The CCLI. The CCLI. <laughs> or, like, you know, and a lot of those churches or um, publishing houses, I don't really, without looking into it, I don't really know what mm. they stand for. And so it doesn't cause you maybe to that's bad follow for them. No, no. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what I mean by... It like kind of comes to me as it is on its own. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess there's some context where that's true for everyone there, so... Mm. Yeah, so that's what I mean by context matters. Mm -hmm. The the context in which it's given and received and what people understand by that and what your church culture kind of reads into mm. something being sung So together. how do you work that out? Because within a church, well, you know, say our own church, St Matthews has a fair number of people, so there must be a spectrum of opinions and awareness. Mm. How do you work that out? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. And I think probably the, the larger your church, the more complicated yeah. that becomes. Eventually, you have to you get large enough. You just <laughs> start writing your own songs. You have to write music. your own songs. Yeah, essentially. Because <laughs> um, like, that's another kind of question. Like, How theologically unaligned mm. does that publishing house need to be? Well, and in retrospect, you know, as we look back in history, almost every theologian, historical figure in church history has strengths and weaknesses you mm. know we can look back at all of the reformers um in church history and say they were great on this but they weren't you know huge blind spot here a huge blind spot here yeah. and people will look yeah. at us like that too so not this podcast <laughs> surely no oh no way this will be preserved <laughs> it'll be listened to theological college students will be doing essays on this <laughs> <laughs> oh, please don't. <laughs> Ministry practice, do's and don'ts. <laughs> Which column Some do you examples. think we'll be in? <laughs> Even my beloved Spurgeon, because uh, I am 100% a fangirl, sometimes I'm like, oh, Spurgeon, you kind of just grab that verse and maybe pull that right out of context. <laughs> what? Just no. Leave that one to the yeah. side. <laughs> I like what you're yeah. saying about God. I think that's true, but I don't think we're doing great excuses there. Mm. Um, yeah, that's right. Everyone has blind spots. Mm. Yeah. 
So yeah. we have to use discernment. Yeah. So what? So if you were choosing a song for church, yeah. What are your kind of? What's your process for? Here's a new song. Maybe someone at church has said, oh, "I love this song." You know, should we sing it all together? Hmm. Well, you know, maybe here you kind of need a risk matrix kind of thing going on. But oh, <laughs> okay. Well, I you love know, this. this is behind the scenes of the czar of music at Uni Church, right so, here. <laughs> so, the way that a risk matrix works is you have likelihood and severity on the two axes, mm-hmm. and so if something's like like this, kind of the people writing this song are completely dodgy, but they just happen to put out like a a kind An of accidentally, yeah, like a honeypot song. song that like, you know, is like the brilliant. Lord's pra- the Lord's Prayer to Music, yeah, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> you might think, look, the the risk, the the likelihood in terms of the risk matches, the likelihood that someone's going to get hold of that and then get kind of like drawn into that whole network, which is basically cultish, um, is is really low. Right, mm. but if they do, the severity is super high. It's really bad. You know, like yeah. that. Then you would say, no, that's a risk that I can't, yeah, kind of accept. Um, or you might think, look, they're a bit dodgy. There's probably some unhealthy kind of teachings that they have um, around some kind of aspect of the way they do ministry and kind of mm-hmm. what's important in their their fellowship. Um, so the the kind of the severity is low, mm. but as soon as we start singing their songs, everyone's going to start kind of reading their books just because it's like it's tied together. Mm-hmm. And actually, I don't want that. I don't want like that's still an unacceptable risk because it's going to happen. Yeah. Even though it won't have a huge because their name of their books and their theology and their music is all bound up all together. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So let's just get rid of that entirely. So, but if it's like. It's very uncommon in our church network for people to kind of like jump into a mm. whole kind of fish pond of whatever this people, these people are producing. Mm. And if it is, there's definitely no way they would do that without coming and talking to me first because that's the culture that we've got, that people run things by their pastoral staff before they start kind of reading new books and stuff like that. Then you might think, well, that, I think the likelihood of someone going astray by us singing this song is low, and in fact, the the chances, the, the likelihood is that we'll be edified by this song that is really good, speaks truth about God, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and no one will actually read the CCLI and know actually where it comes from. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then, yeah. like, a risk matrix is really helpful, Jeff. Yeah, to think through. But it. then, if you think, oh, that person's not like they're so wrong on the gospel, they're not even a Christian, and they just happen to have written this song, which doesn't. Mm. Address. They lacked a verse from the Bible, so they included it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think maybe you would kind of not sing it on account of it not even being kind of generated from Mm. a faithful believer kind of point of view. Yeah. Um, But it also goes to the question of conscience. So both your conscience and the conscience of the Mm. people who are listening to it. So you need to ask the question... um, if someone is singing this song and they know who, who who the author and publisher is, will they be led astray by feeling like they have to sing these words? Even though the words themselves might not be right, I might be fine, sorry. Will they be kind of led astray by singing these good words but um, yeah. from this source? They'll feel uncomfortable. Mm, mm. Mm. 
and that's a real that's something that the New Testament does have stuff to say about. Yeah. Yep. So Romans thirteen and fourteen. Fourteen. Um is where Paul kind of goes into some depth about um, kind of this thing about kind of stronger and weaker brother. Here we go, we're flicking. And what makes you want to go here, Jeff? Romans 14. To Romans 14. Uh, yeah, because the the topic being addressed is not one that we encounter because uh, it's over um, whether you eat vegetables, only vegetables, or whether you uh, feel willing to eat anything. Um, I think in the background it's kind of like they live in a world where meat is uh, sacrificed to idols. Mm. And All meat comes through the temple. Yeah. Not the good temple. Yeah, the yeah. bad temple. Bad temples, yeah. Yeah. Pagan temples. So for a Christian, some people are like, it's just meat. Meat's good. It's from God. God and I don't believe in those idols, so... I'm just going to eat this yummy meat. Yeah. Um, whereas other people are like, that's been sacrificed to an idol. Like, I can't eat that. Like, how is that honouring God if I eat that meat that's sacrificed to an idol? And I feel yeah. like the song thing is, like, weirdly similar. Yeah, it is, actually. Like, the song comes to you, and you're like... It's just a song. It's just a song. It's just words. It's just words. I'm singing them. They're That's good words. That's the Hunt theory. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I actually think if I know where things come from, I have a very, I'm very sensitive to that. I would find it hard. Mm, but if you don't know that. Yeah. The main thing is I'm ignorant. So. <laughs> <laughs> or have bad eyes. Yeah. I do have bad eyesight. Yeah. But so the, the person with the, in the scenario where you think, oh, it's fine. I can eat this. It's just meat. You have, they've got a strong conscience. I always get confused by this. Yeah, I would yeah. say strong. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Um, but the person who's sensitive to it, yeah. they've got the kind of That's the, the weaker weak. conscience. But it's the person with the strong conscience who has to care for the person who has the weak conscience. Yeah. And weak as in sensitive. Yes, yeah, I, yeah. I think, not yeah. somehow yeah, yeah. Uh, inferior. And in fact, if you're the strong, quote, and you just kind of like claim your right to eat meat, even though it stum- is a stumbling block mm. and kind of... Hurts um, and damages others. Yeah, then actually you're the one doing the wrong thing. It's not like yeah. strong is better. Yeah. Strong means you've got a responsibility to yeah. care for the weak. To protect mm. even. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So maybe that's like maybe should I'm convincing myself. Of, should I read out Romans 14, 13 to 20 or something? Is that too long? Do it. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. This is talking about over whether, you know, what you can and can't eat. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. I am convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is unclean in itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for that person it is unclean. If your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, or what, which songs you sing, you are no longer <laughs> acting in love. Do not, by your eating or singing, destroy someone for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let what you know is good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. 
All food is clean, but it is wrong for a person to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. Thanks for reading that. Yeah. In fact, like even just reading that, I'm like, maybe I should rethink this a little bit. Okay. Just because like this is saying make every effort, be really careful. Like if there's any chance, don't like play fast and loose with people who might be sensitive. Mm. about this stuff and so maybe we need to be more circumspect about but it also it also makes me think that uh we want people to have a culture where they can speak up so mm. if they do have a sensitive culture to conscience. not yet yeah, of conscience not just to, to something that we sing but something else within the church context that we do mm. then you would hope that they would speak up to their pastor to let them know that mm. it is a stumbling block for them mm. and then the pastor in love would work out how as a church we can love our kind of more sensitive um, brothers and Mm. sisters. So if you are have a sensitive conscience about any type of music or anything, I think be emboldened that uh, to go and speak to your pastor about it. Mm. And then also I think as the kind of stronger conscience, stronger conscience brother or sister, um, it's, it's a beautiful chance to show love and to prioritise peace over what I desire, mm. which is, I think, what we're, we're called to here. No, mm. it's not wrong, but actually me eating meat is trumped by seeking peace and not putting a stumble block in front of anyone. Yeah. So Are that means that we kind of love? like won't yeah. disparage people of like, oh, come on, like it's yeah. not that bad or yeah, we won't roll fine. our eyes. Or, yeah. 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 Mm. yeah, it's not yeah. loving yeah. that person. You're not building them up. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of, it does. It creates a conflict, doesn't it? Because you're arguing with them about no, you're wrong. This song's fine. Yeah. I'm allowed to listen to it. Yeah, you're trying to change their conscience as opposed to protect it. Yeah. Mm. So it doesn't mean you can't talk it through with them to understand yeah. them and help them to be persuaded. But if if it's not their understanding that is needs persuading, but mm. it's their conscience that still won't let them kind mm. of move forward, then yeah. I think we're meant to seek peace. Yeah. yeah, and even with a common understanding because we all come from different backgrounds and have different experiences in the Christian life and before we became Christians, we're just all going to react to certain we all things have differently. S- like we have blind spots, we also have yeah. sensitive spots. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And that could have been because a person, you know, had a family member who was part of yeah, the church that published, yeah. you know, that kind of album of music and and that theology led them astray to, yeah you know or has hurt them in some way and so yeah. you do want to be sensitive yeah to that Absolutely. person and not yeah. each week be singing this song that yeah. just like belting stabs it their heart even yeah. though it contains like real yeah. truths Gospel truth. yeah in itself listen to it at home yeah i was gonna say what do we do about it when it's not in the church context so good song uh, from a publishing house that you're not aligned with but not in the church context just in other contexts what would you do what do you do when? Well, I think probably then we'll just fall. If we've just read Romans yeah. 14, it would just fall to whatever your conscience is. Mm-hmm. You know, if your yeah. conscience is, no, I don't want to sing this because yeah. this is a pain spot for me. Yeah, then don't. And but if you're in it, you know, I'm at home by myself. Yeah. This song is going to build me up and remi- allow me to praise God. Then mm. I can use that. Mm. But yeah, as long as it's not putting yeah. a stumbling block for anyone else, it's not unclean in itself. So yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Thanks, Anna. Cool. Thanks, Thanks for Anna, not only for making question. us think about music once mm. in the church context, but coming yeah. up with a follow-up. 
yeah. uh, as well. I should also say, like, I feel like this is a that's a, a really good kind of question that goes to how like it's actually applied to our context. So if someone was to call me up the, tomorrow and say, "Look, listen to the podcast. Totally disagree with you. Here's the reasons why I think we need to strike off every song from any band that kind of." promote something unbiblical I'd be open to being convinced of that and I could totally come back next week and do the opposite (laughs) you know like because it's not something that loves clearing out so give him a chance to clear out anything including the (laughs) catalogue yeah so if someone could convince me that for the good of the church that's actually not edifying for people and here's all the reasons why Mm. Um, yeah Mm. okay thanks guys Um, does anyone have a home hack for us Oh no, we didn't pre-plan. We didn't this pre-plan one. a home hack. Well, I've I've got one. Oh, okay. Go for it, Jeff. So, Don't hold back. You know, following on from the uh, kind of like lower back your car. No, no, uh, no. Just one, the no. the kind of throw out your junk kind of oh, yeah. cl- clear out mm-hmm. kind of mode that we're yep. coming out of isolation. Mm-hmm. I've done the same with my tools, which Ooh, were getting okay. kind of like crazy unusable because it's all just like shoved in yeah. a chaotic I mean pile. definitely nothing to do with the way the kids go in to look for tools to yeah. open up toys <laughs> and, and rummage stuff. it yeah all together but my home hack is about accessibility mm-hmm. so the things that you want to use that you use frequently mm-hmm. you got to get them out and accessible don't quick have, access don't yep. have them perfectly organised and tidily tucked away at the back of the car yeah in or even just like in a whole big thing you want mm. like there's only going to be four or five things that you use in a tool sense frequently yeah so just get them out and easily accessible super quick and then you tuck away all the other stuff and that can be out in the shed and that kind of thing so anyway that's what i've done i've set up um, a little tool station that what you were doing the this other is day. part part of the reason why i'm um kind of announcing this on the podcast is because yeah. I have secured a little bit of the laundry for this purpose, which I haven't told the owner about. <laughs> and I feel like this which is bit? cover. <laughs> Doing it in a public space. You mean the bench top? <laughs> yeah. You mean Just I've like gone to all the effort of toilet training Dorothy to get rid of the change table and now it's going to be a tool shed. <laughs> well, just like one little corner is going to yeah. be my easily accessible tool. Permission granted. Yes. It's not my laundry. <laughs> <laughs> it's our shared laundry. Yeah. But we didn't talk about how to use that space. But now it's a little tool, like tool key bench. tools. Yeah. Next um, week I'll go in, there'll be like a pegboard up on the wall or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that's what the pegboard is for. Yeah. You know, like the quick access. The quick access. Yeah. And that everything has a place, mm. you know. So you know when it's missing, you know where it goes to be returned. Yeah. Yeah. But then I would say that's something that you can apply to all manners of life. So I kind of do that at work as well. I have like books that are everywhere, but then the books that I'm working on at the moment sit on a desk, mm-hmm. like where I'm working. So they're like really close to hand. So I've got my Romans ones out and my Luke ones out at the moment. And then when I'm not working on that anymore, I'll put them back in the big catalogue mm. and then bring out the next ones. Jeff has just revealed how he works in a hot desk office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my books on a desk. Oh, wait, no, we're in Corona times. Exactly, yeah. 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 I'm working at church yeah. at the moment. No they're all your desks. Desk-y. Yeah, that's going to be gone. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yep. Sad times. Sorry. Mm. little warning. But it doesn't negate your... your yeah, your quick hat. access yeah. across the board. Books, Love it. tools, everything. Yep. Yeah. Um, I thought I'd just read us a little snippet back from Romans 14. Yeah, go for to it. To finish it off for our Bible verse. Uh, Romans 14, right at the end, uh, verse 19. 
Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Thank you.